0: What's going on, Set family? Welcome back to My Unapologetic Perspective. This is the podcast where we give our point of view of controversial topics. From my experience, Black history, and non-knowledge as African Americans, Black history presently lives in us so we can continue to excel into the future. It's one thing to know Black history. It's another thing to take advantage of what, people, what the people in Black history did for you. In the words of Malcolm X, there will come a time where black people will wake up and become intellectually independent enough to think for themselves. And we believe that we are at that point. I am your host, Martre Baker Stevens. And to the right of me is Shaquan Battle. Here, yep. And to the right of him is Jerome Battle. What up? Uh what's up? What's going on, man? How y'all feeling? A lot better now. Yeah. Say that. You're, you're feeling good. <laughs> sorry. It's been a rough couple weeks. Yeah, man. Uh, this actually felt like we haven't been here in a Lil Wick, uh, we appreciate all the love and support that we've been getting. Uh TikTok is still going crazy. Um, we just had another viral video from like our second episode that I posted the other day. Um, so it just shows you that the old content is even going viral. Uh the love that y'all show Jazz, uh, we appreciate that. Um, I'm sure he does too. Um, but again, we're gonna we gotta keep moving. Uh important topic again here today. Um Today, we're going to be talking about critical race theory. Um, and when, when you talk about critical race theory, uh, again, it's been in the news for the past couple of years. years. Um, it's been used by politicians. It's been used by different various numbers of people. But I, we believe that a lot of people have not done their research to understand what it actually is. Um, people have created their own ideas of what it is or what their own ideas of what it could be. And that's getting people uh, aroused to try to uh, reject um, this philosophy. Um, but Pops, I'll let you start. I'll, we haven't done that. Well. I'll let you begin. You sure you want me to go first? I, 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 I got a lot to say. Set, set the tone. Go ahead and you set know, the
1: tone. You uh, know, um, <laughs> uh, uh, Simba, um, with so much to say, where should I start? They finally let the best kept secret out the vault. I played my part. I never took it to heart. So now I got my time. Motherfuckers will let me talk. Right? <laughs> but seriously though, uh, critical race theory. CR, this ain't Colorado Rockies. You know, right? <laughs> I think the concept is based on the narrative of history. And it's when we talk about the narrative of history, we're talking about the educational system. We're talking about the government. We're talking about social uh, policies. Um, We're talking about discrimination. We're talking about what this country was built on, the narrative. Mm -hmm. The author of the narrative is white America. Mm -hmm. So you have two aspects of this thing, right? So when you think about uh, critical race theory, you taking in consideration the past Mm -hmm. and people say, Why are you still living in the past? Mm -hmm. That's what we hear all the time. What about the hearing now? The problem is the narrative has created the mindset and principles of the people today. Right. Black and white. So because of that, we have to go back and tell the real story, Mm -hmm. including our narrative. So in, in just, we're talking about three things, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We need to tell our version of the story because your version is not true.
0: Right.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna jump for just a quick second. I want to make a different comparison. In the movie A Time to Kill, this is the movie where Samuel Jackson kills his daughter's abusers. Um, basically just went into court and just shot him. Okay. And Matthew Conagh, I believe, is his attorney.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in his closing argument. He told everybody in the courtroom, including the jury, closed their eyes and he told a story. Basically, the actual story of what happened to um, his daughter, uh, the black guy's daughter. And he said, now I want you to imagine that she was white. And it was instant shock because now they can relate. Right. I'm going to talk about something that I want people to try to relate to because this is not black or white. Mm-hmm. In fact, for white America, it's really about white. And something that a lot of people don't know, you guys probably don't even know this. Right here in Commonwealth, right outside of Lynchburg, close to Madison Heights, there was a facility called Virginia State Colony for epileptics and feeble-minded, which in the early 1900s, there was what's called eugenics laws. People who do not fit the profile of what society says acceptable in terms of looks, or disease, or value. Mm-hmm. So what they would do is they would incarcerate people in these facilities if they were ugly, if they had diseases, if they were feeble-minded, if they was prostitutes, anything less of value that they considered a part of society, they put in these institutions. There was a lady by the name of uh, Emma Buck, who was a prostitute, right, in Lynchburg. And she got, she got a disease. And when she went into the clinic, they ended up sending her to. Um, it was, and they called the person who ran it, the warden. Mm-hmm. And she was there for the rest of her life because she was a prostitute. They deemed her as no no value. She had a daughter named Carrie Buck, who was pregnant at the time when she first went to the institution. She went because she was pregnant. And after she gave birth to the child, they deemed her not valuable to society and institutionalized her as well and put the daughter up for adoption. And the daughter's name was Vivian Buck. As Vivian got older, there was tests that they would run on her periodically to find out because she had uh, ancestors who didn't have value and they wanted to see what value she had. As she got older, there's certain tests that they ran and at one point she wasn't able to distinguish a set of keys. So they command- commanded her to the institution. Carrie Buck also had a sister named Doris Buck who up to age of 24 had no issues. They knew she was related to Irma. They knew she was related to... Um, Carrie, they knew she was related to Vivian, but she had no issues. And then when she went to have her appendix removed, they decided she got it in her blood. Mm -hmm. So they sterilized her, which fell in line with the Sterilization Act of 1924. Sterilized her, she didn't even know it. She didn't know it until she got married and continued to try to have kids. And in 1980, found out, that they sterilized her because they deemed her no value and did not want her to have any offspring. Mm -hmm. This is locally, Lynchburg, Madison Heights and the beloved Commonwealth of Virginia. So when you talk about critical race theory and in terms of what they teach you, how many of you guys learned that in school? Did you learn that in school? Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard that story before? I have not. So this is what we talk about when you control the narrative. When you control the narrative about inclusion, you get to include what you think is important. And then in most cases, it makes you look good. So when people talk about us being the victim and we have to stop looking at ourselves as the victim in history, that's what you want us to do. That's the way the narrative is written. It's for us to be the victim. You've done that. We want to change that because in order for there to be a victim, there has to yeah. be an abuser. Right. You don't want to be identified as the abuser. That's the problem. The truth of the story is, is if we are the victims, you are the abuser. Let us tell the true story. That's what critical race theory is all about. It's right. telling the true narrative. Mm-hmm. You need to hear from us what happened mm-hmm. because you ain't telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So in order for us to move on and not live in the past, we have to accept the past. But we have to accept accept the true version of the past, not your version. Mm-hmm. In order to do that, we have to tell the story. And the story is not just for us. It's for the abusers. Right. It's for white America. It's for the government that institutionalized us in the manner that we are subordinate still in the way that people view us. If you think about what I just told you about this Virginia State colony of epileptics and feeble-minded, that that whole mindset still exists today in how we view people. Yeah, you created the narrative. Mm-hmm. It's our job to try
0: to change it. Absolutely. You want
2: to um, just as the research that I came across, um, and I, I hit bait and told him that like this, <laughs> my brain was fried because <laughs> watching all the different videos. Um, and and in the midst of it, I heard a I heard a white woman say. That critical race theory mm-hmm. makes white kids feel ashamed about being white, <laughs> so you rather us be ashamed for being black, mm-hmm. but like you said earlier, white people control the the story of America that's right um and then also comes with that when you talk about c r t and then they have to tell the truth about what really happened, it affects their privilege that's right once yeah. you attack their privilege. Now, um, they feel like they don't have anything. Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. Um, Y'all know I'm going back. I'm going back and I'm going to do a little bit of chronology a little (laughs) bit. (laughs) Give it to us. So when we look, when we think about CRT, um, of course, the origins can go back so much further because, you know, people like W. B. Du Bois and Frederick Douglass and Ida B. Wells and all of those great scholars were already talking about certain things um, within history and putting this into perspective for educational purposes for African-Americans. We know this. Um, but when you talk about CRT of its foundations, uh, Derek Bale laid the foundations for most of uh, of CRT. 40 some years ago. Yeah. So uh, Derek Bale was basically, he was a civil rights lawyer. He also helped develop a lot of um legal strategies. For the integration of, of public schools here in America, he also was the first tenured um, law professor at Harvard University. And what he did at Harvard University as a as a law professor was he incorporated in the civil rights law how power and race was inherited into the law uh, as as we see it today, and. It got to the point where he ended up leaving Harvard because they refused to hire another any more black professors. And if you know anything about how Harvard University, Harvard University was allowing black students to come as early as you know late eighteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. You know, people were graduating black from Harvard University, but they would not hire more black professors. So he ended up leaving. And what the students at Harvard University did, they said, "Hey." Can you bring in, they went to the dean and said, can you bring in another black professor that can continue the teachings that he was, that he was teaching because it's important black and white students. And the dean basically told him, would you rather have a, a great white professor or a mediocre black professor? So they gave him a list of 10, I mean, of 30 black professors that can come in and possibly teach these things. Probably civil rights lawyers. And he, they, Harvard University ended up hiring 10 people that year, and they were all white. So these students boycotted, protested, and they ended up having something that they did like once a month talking about this stuff, and they thought didn't think it was good enough. So you had people like Kimberly Crenshaw, who created um, the alternative course. And the alternative course was basically the same thing, talking about how race and, and power and politics goes into our law. Right. But you also had people like Derek Bell, who also talked about um, in, in this publishing, Serving of Two Masters. And he talked about how the Brown versus the Board of Education was being overshadowed because it only looked at putting black students beside white students in white schools. Now that's only part of what Brown versus the Board of Education was supposed to do. It was supposed to be equality in education, and that's just not having numbers into a classroom. That's also equality within the curriculum, and that's also for predominantly black schools and predominantly white schools, equality in funding. So that means it's equal education opportunity for everybody, not just Black and white students sitting together that they created this political agenda and said, "We're living Martin Luther King's dream by putting all of these kids in the class together, not if they're if the black kids aren't learning about their history and white people learning about the true history of america um as they're <coughs> as they're sitting together, but in the alternative course, of course you have these 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 concepts that come from uh critical race theory, and one of them is Racism is an essential element of American culture. White Americans can deny it all they wants to. We know that race is important in this country. Why? Because every time you fill out a job application, you got to circle that letter. I mean, you got to circle that bubble. Every time you do a standardized test, you have to circle that bubble. Everything is included when it comes to race. White over black involves not only social relations, but also economic and political presence in society. Why is that true? Because we know economically that there were laws passed that benefited white America that did not benefit black people. We understand from political aspect because you can just look at the civil rights movement and know that they were looking for the right to be able to vote. The right to be able to their vote to be protected. So we understand that that's true. We understand that racism is a social construct, that it does not come from osmosis, that there is different theories within that social construct that develops, that creates the intent to do something based off of race. And it's also an important glue that legitimizes the hierarchy of race and class and gender and inequality in this country. But when you look at certain things, so for for the people say, you know what laws are we talking about? What decisions are we talking about? W- what influences race, right? We could look at the Dred Scott decision, right? And what he did was sue um that he should be free, and what ended up happening in in response that he said they said that free blacks are not citizens in the north, and it never and that that they couldn't with the the uh purchase of the Louisiana purchase that they could not abolish slavery in the Louisiana punches. That was unconstitutional. This is unconstitutional that you cannot prohibit slavery in in the newfound land of America. That's right. Plessy versus Ferguson, separate but equal. This is Supreme Court decisions, right? Shelley versus Kramer. The fact that they cannot say that it was enforceable that white people who own property could not sell to black people. So they were doing these restrictive deeds, racially biased deeds, and the, and basically what the uh, Supreme Court says, we can't do nothing about it. it it's, there's nothing that said that's unconstitutional for them to sell to white people and not sell to black people. Right. The convict lease system, is it developed the, the way that we look at the prison system today. Terry versus Ohio with the Terry stop, stop and <laughs> frisk, that predominantly affects African Americans. Washington versus Davis is the main uh, one used for critical race theory where two black police officers, uh, applied to be a part of, um, the district of Columbia police department. And when they applied, they had to take a standardized test. And again, we know from, for how culturally biased standardized test is and what they took it to court and said, they didn't get hired because the standardized test had nothing to do with how they will perform as police officers. And what did the Supreme court come out and say? They came out and said that it is not unconstitutional to uh that, that a standardized test does not improve um does not ways to correlate with exclusion or racism and discrimination. Hmm. And what that what that's saying is that just because something disproportionately affects black people does not mean it's racism. That's right. You have to prove that there is racist intent. How do you pr- prove that it's racist intent? If you was to go to, if you was to say, I'm not hired because I'm black. And what and they take it to court, they're gonna say, Well, now nah, you're not won't hire because you're black, you were hired because you were underqualified. That's right. You were hired, you weren't hired because you were overqualified. That. As long as they don't yeah, say you weren't hired because you weren't the best candidate. That's right. You know, they can do anything to do that. So when it comes to the Supreme Court and proving racist intent within the law, it's hard to prove that. But we know that America's system and laws are based off of a race and racism. Mm-hmm. Whenever you move um throughout and you can look at things like the federal highway act of 1956 that mostly barreled through um minority properties and minority neighborhoods to build the suburbs to create the home equity that white people enjoy today you can look at the homestead act of 1862 that gave billions of land to to white people that the last, I think, the last lot land that they gave out from the Homestead Act was in 1988, which is not that long ago. You know, the GI, the GI Bill that gave billions of dollars to to white people that African Americans were discriminated against to be able to get the the wealth, the wealth gap um, that white people enjoy so much for their home equity and those type of things. So you can look at policies, laws procedures, law uh, amendments. Why are there so many amendments? If the Constitutional was written for black people in mind, then why are there so many amendments <laughs> in there? You exactly. know what I mean? So with all of those things, we can see how this affects black people. From Jim Crow laws, that's legal. The Homestead Act is legal. All of those things were legal things that was done, and the only thing that critical race theory is talking about is how that affected black people. because they predominantly affect the black people disproportionately affect the black people so when you put all of those pieces together as we know from educational standpoint education is not about a question and four answers and you fill in the bubble true education is putting all of the facts on the table and allow people to come to their own conclusion on what those facts is and if you put a lot of these facts on the table when it comes to history when it comes to law that you, a lot of people's conclusion would be discrimination. A lot of people's conclusion would be racism. A lot of people's conclusion would be biasness because that is the origins of America and it's deeply embedded into law. Rather you like it or not, I mean, you can look at certain laws and did did Bill Clinton know that the crime bill was going to predominantly affect African-Americans? We don't know, but we know it did. We, exactly. We know it did. He knows it did. That's right. But there was no... And that's why they're trying to take steps to remove things like mandatory minimums. So when, you, so when people push back against certain laws that are trying to be pushed to change formal laws, we have to understand that there's a racist intent in a lot of these things. Even when Governor Northam was elected, he talked about that there were laws still in Virginia's books that needed to be thrown out because they were racially incented that, right. that had never been thrown out. The, the
1: crime bill that you mentioned, Bill Clinton, that's probably the best example of the effects of critical race theory, is because first, critical race theory is not based on the individual being racist; or it's based it's, on, it's, as we talk about the, the establishment, right? So it's it's the government is it's the determining factors that create the policies that um, are obviously are, are affect black disproportionately. But the, the crime bill, because the results. Is what was discriminatory makes it part of what we call critical race theory. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, another great example of um, is the um, 1930s. Um, The government officials literally drew lines around deemed poor financial risks, often due to racial composition in inhabitants, black areas. Banks subsequently refused to offer mortgages to black people in those areas. So when we talk about during the civil rights movement, when they talked about having people, black people living certain areas overpopulated in the slums in Chicago, mm-hmm. what created that was laws that said we can't sell property to blacks in certain areas. Mm-hmm. So all the blacks had to go to areas where they could live. Right. So they were forced to live in a certain area, which caused two problems. Transportation mm-hmm. issues for them to get back and forth to work and overpopulation in areas that had no economic development, educational system or financial opportunities. Mm-hmm. So because of that, you end up with, with with poor people living amongst poor people with no hope. Right. All part of the critical race theory that the government does not take responsibility for to teach you that in school because mm-hmm. they don't want you to know. Mm-hmm. The other thing we talk about sometimes on here, and you mentioned it, we talk about equality. And, and with separate but equal was one of the things they had in place before, um, you know, segregation um, in, in the in the civil rights movement, in the segregation. So here here's a great example where equality is not enough. We want equity. OK. And let me give you a good example. You have three people to go to a baseball game. They pay the same amount of money for a ticket. Mm-hmm. Right. But where they're situated, they're behind a the fence. One guy can barely see over the top. He's tall enough. He can barely see over the top. The second guy, he ain't tall enough. So he has to jump up every now and then and look over the over the fence. The third guy ain't no help for him. He's just too short. He can't see anything. But they paid the same amount for the ticket. Equality is giving each one of them the same size crate right. to stand on. So all of them got an equal size crate to stand on. The tall guy, now he can see. Second guy, little bit. Third guy still can't see, right. but they were all given the same thing. Right. So equality, That's equal. you paid right. the same amount for the ticket. We gave you the same thing for you to be able to see. You can't see equity is giving each one exactly what they need to have the same results. Right. That's what equity is. So when we talk about critical race theory, we're talking about getting the equity. So we want diversity we want equity and we want inclusion. Mm-hmm. That's
0: what critical race theory gives us. Right. That's what we want. And, and the, the, that key word is diversity. Because you said this a few episodes ago and I, I didn't, it didn't really register until we were going through this. That diversity is not just bringing in black, brown, red, blue, green, whatever. That's not diversity. Diversity is bringing in all of those things and understanding the culture of all of those Absolutely. things and understanding that we may have to change some things over here to make it acceptable for those people. Absolutely. So we have to adjust ourselves for them, Absolutely. right? And what they, what white America wanted us to do in this country is to integrate and we totally accept everything that's here already that's right. no change no inclusion no black history none of that other stuff if you want to come to our schools you're going to learn these type of things that we've already teaching and which is going to put you beside it that's not equality i mean that's that's equality but that's, not, that's equity. not equity right that's right uh we're going to take a quick commercial break we'll be right back be right back and we are back um we're going to jump right back in and one of the reasons why you've heard about critical race theory so much is because it has become a political, a political agenda. And that's one of the things that's, that can be good and bad. Right. So when you think about, when you think about words like discrimination and biasness, you know, that's one of the things that's more acceptable in our society than racism. That's right. Right. And, and here's the reason why. When you think about the civil rights movement, that term civil rights, that included everybody, even though it was only mostly black people doing the, 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 the lead on it. It was for everybody. Everybody it, except people with disabilities. Everybody except for people. everybody. So except anybody, people that, with disabilities. anybody that felt discriminated against civil rights, the civil rights movement includes you, right? Okay. If rather gender or any of that other stuff, right? Here's the problem. We know that the civil rights movement is about bias. That's right. But the root of it is about racism. racism. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that America don't want to talk about is racism. They like to use the words like bias and discrimination. That's right. Why? Because when you use bias and discrimination, that is a broad statement. That's right. Right. We could talk about gender. We could talk about the handicap. We could talk about the LGBTQ. We could talk about so many different things. But but it does not include race. But it does not include race. But when you talk about racism, It's only race. It's only race and there's one antagonizer of race. That's right. So when you talk about those other things, that could be anybody Anybody. could be the antagonizer. But when you talk about race, it's directed at one target that was the antagonizer. And that's nothing against white America today. We're just talking about true history (coughs) or what happened. That's That's not about the white kids that are in school now. We're telling you about what happened, right? So when you look at CRT, It places fear among people. Now, I take take that back. It takes fear amongst white supremacy because it explains white supremacy. It explains white privilege. It explains uh, oppression that happened in this country legally. That's important to know because, again, we're talking about law here. This is a the CRT is a law course. It talks about the way it legally happened. And for if you're a lawyer, if you're a politician, or if you're in, in, into the social construct, you have to understand why it is important. Because if you're a lawyer and you're defending somebody, the law may say that is right it doesn't necessarily mean that it's right. (laughs) That's right. Because we know at one point, Jim Crow law was right. Right. At one time, we know slavery law was right. So there is a, there is supposed to be a motivation to change the law that's not, that's not right for everybody does not include the equality and equity that we talk about so you have to understand that this is important especially in law school especially in higher education because one of the things that derrick Bell talked about is you can't just be as a lawyer you can't just be uh loyal to the law you have to be loyal to your client that's right and as a black man as a black person that would doing these civil rights laws they started to look at it, it was like well yeah, according to law, they're right, but according to humane and civil rights, it's wrong. That's, wrong. That's right. You know what I mean. So it it is the perfect villain to use. And here's something that Texas have done or has led to do. Right. What they're doing is, and let's let's just what, get. What, let's, what
1: state is this again?
0: Your favorite. Your favorite. <laughs> so what what they've done? CRT is a law school course, and they're trying to make it a higher education course. And that's what we talk about, putting it in more schools. Right. But here's here's what the political agenda has done. They have taken CRT as to say that their elementary school kids was going to be taught about certain things at an early level. That's not what CRT was or, 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 it or it planned is. to that's be. Right. right. But here's what they've done. They've gone into the schools and looked at anything that could possibly be CRT and right. want to completely erase. That's it. right. So even though it's a political agenda, it's an opportunity to go in and remove things that we don't want talked about, like words, like slavery, like slavery, even like Dr. King in the civil rights movement. Um, anything that deals with making white students feel uncomfortable, we can now <laughs> remove right. because they gave us the agenda to do That's so. Right. So now certain books, you can throw them out, only teach from the textbook certain things that throw it out your own personal beliefs throw it out That's right. only stick to what we want you to talk about and this is the way that they've been able to use it as their political agenda to be able to rewrite history and keep black history from being taught because understand you can't talk about black history without talking about what they overcame That's and right. the, what the, and the main thing you 95 percent of black history they had to overcome racism, oppression, right. white privilege. They had to overcome all of those things.
1: It, it's funny when you think about you guys are a, lot close to it, a lot closer to it than I am, but I remember when you first learned about slavery in, 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 in school, and they made it seem like it was something we did.
0: Right. right. Yeah,
1: That slavery was only about us, like it was something we did. They never talked about the fact that we were enslaved. Right. They never used that term enslaved. They would say, we were slaves, as if we had a choice in the shit, right? Right. Um, so they never talked about the abuser, only the victim. And they, we weren't because there was no abuser. We weren't victims, right? See. So the other thing is, is does critical race theory say that all white people are racist? No, no, no. it doesn't even suggest that. What it says is the system, yeah, is racist. Mm-hmm. We were not considered in the constitution. Mm-hmm. We weren't considered. They didn't care about us. We weren't part, we weren't considered human beings. Right. So we weren't considered in the constitution. So when we're talking about critical race theory, we're saying what we said on a couple episodes before the jazz episode, this country was founded on racism. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna right. fuck what you say. Right. This country was founded on racism. Mm-hmm. And what critical race theory is saying who was responsible, right? We know who the victims were, who's responsible. Mm -hmm. So the objective is to change the narrative. Also, the theory says that racism is part of everyday life.
0: It is. For some of of us, we know. For every, (laughs) it's part of everyday life. Here's the other part. Some people don't realize
1: that they're racist, Mm -hmm. right? So if you don't understand the culture, And you don't care to understand the culture and you're just living status quo and your response is going to be status quo you could be carrying out a racist deed Mm -hmm. does it make you a racist maybe not intent but does intent matter Mm. does intent matter in this case it does not matter especially if you have the influence of the system yeah so if you're part of the system and you're you're going to create the narrative for the system You're carrying out a racist act for the system, it makes
2: you fucking racist.
1: That matter Mm -hmm. you are racist. Mm -hmm. If you're not trying to understand the culture. If you're not trying to give us a voice in the narrative that you're talking about us, right. it makes you it makes you mm-hmm. racist. I don't know how you dispute that. You know, another another uh, project that often comes up when we talk about critical race theory is sixteen, 16 19, nineteen
0: project, project
1: yeah. where it talks about the first evidence of black people in America, where their narrative puts us in America that everybody objects to, and it's basically saying that. We're a lot more in America than, than, than slaves or enslaved Africans. We're a lot more. And you know that, but you don't want to tell the truth about why. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about having those first images in, 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 in preschool and in first grade that represent us in a positive light, the reason that you disagree with that is because you think it's going to put you in a negative light. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're asking for. That's right. not what we're asking for at all. We don't care where it puts you Mm -hmm. because you obviously don't give a fuck where it puts us. We just want the true story to be told. We have heroes that look like us. Let us learn about them in school. Mm -hmm. So I'm not having to teach my kids about heroes while you're teaching your kids about the heroes you want us to know about.
0: Mm -hmm. It's not fair. Mm -hmm.
1: So we want equity. Don't just give me a fucking crate to stand on so I can see over the fence a little bit. Give me a big enough crate so I can see the whole game. Right. Like you do.
0: Right. That's what we want.
2: They're not ready to let that narrative go.
0: Yeah, And what they've done is they they say that, you know, it's not about race, that it's about culture. Right. And when you look at the school system, they have always controlled the narrative, even for black people. That's right. They put Dr. King as the main person for Black America. That's right. We didn't do that. Nope. They created that. They talk about Rosa Parks and put her on this mantle. We didn't do that. No disrespect to either one of them. I'm, I'm not, we didn't I'm, do that. I'm, I'm not attributing. I'm not, you know, <clears throat> neglecting what they've done. They've done great things. When, when you talk about Black America, especially, they, they talk about the woke community, right? How woke people are. Now they, cert, they got this information. Now they know everything. Here's the problem with that. You didn't teach it. That's so right. when we find out about it, we realize that you fucking lied to us. That's right. So when we look at, so when we start bringing up all of this stuff that you didn't teach, now you have a problem with it because now we're not following Dr. King. We're talking about Malcolm X. That's right. Now we're not talking about uh, Rosa Parks. We're talking about Ida B. Wells. That's so right. all the people that you neglected to talk about, you created more division by not talking about it early on. Right. Because now the white students that we were schooling uh, in school were looking at us like we're fucking crazy. <laughs> because now we found these black people who started talking different, who started uh, who had different missions and objectives, and calling white America out on their bullshit. That's right. right. So even if you look at it from a culture standpoint. You can't talk about culture and dysfunction without talking about white America pushing blacks into on the plantations, poverty, projects, prisons. That's right. Because most people, when you think about black uh, black culture, that's the way they see us. That's right. They see us as 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 ghetto. They see us as in poverty. They see. That is not our culture. That's what you taught. So what you taught in your school system created the stereotypes that we have to fight today. That's right. Like, you know what I mean? And a lot of times we fall into those stereotypes, but even in culture, there's subcultures, there's black and Brown, but these laws were not created by culture. These laws were created by race. And race produced the culture. That's right. You won't have black culture without slavery. You won't have uh, Dominican and Puerto Rican and all of this without enslaving blacks due to race. That's right. That's how you create absolute culture. That's how you create hip hop culture. That's right. It's it's through this, the the racism that we that we that we have felt in through other genres, and we created a music that was for us, right. that was about us, right. So, even if you look at it from a culture standpoint, we understand that how it indoctrinates our kids, and even if you say that critical race there is indoctrination to to hurt white kids, right? Black kids have been indoctrinated <laughs> since we integrated into your school system but that doesn't matter. the predominant curriculum in white America is about indoctrination. Hell, even at my work job, we got a list of our holidays and what is right there still say fucking Christopher <laughs> Columbus Day. That's right. And we all know Christopher Columbus <laughs> ain't discover nothing. That's right. But you say that we should we should get over it. And you always say that black people should get over slavery. Black people should get over Jim Crow. Black people should get over mass incarceration. But yes, they can not get
1: over us. They, they just having a conversation. They can't it. get over
0: having. They can't. But you can't get over. We never. You never get over the Confederacy losing. You still wave your fucking flag. That's right. You can't get over when they said they was removing them statues. Boy, it was y'all bad. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean. So when we look at these type of things, man, you you see how much white supremacy and again when we say white supremacy we're not talking about all white people talking about the system we're talking about we're talking a talking system and we're talking about the people who do not want to let those beliefs go that's right because we're not attacking the white kids or the white people we're talking about how you benefit from it And how blacks do not benefit from it. And again, we can go back to those laws, the Homestead Act, the GI Bill, all of those things that you created the stereotype that say, well, black people are just lazy. They should just work hard for what they get. You didn't, your ancestors didn't do that. That's right. You can go back and look at slavery. When when the enslaved people came out, we we were some of the best tradesmen you could find because we did all the work. That's right. And what they created, they created labor unions to shut those people out because if they were to hire black people based off the work that they can do, you wouldn't have nothing.
1: Yeah. You you know, when we talk about, you know, when they were telling the sports cast commentators was telling LeBron James, shut up and just dribble. And you hear white people telling us to get over slavery, stop living in the past. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to talk about some steps that 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 uh, I found to ask yourself, what keeps you from? moving on and enjoying the moment in front of you instead of relying on the past. And I find it interesting because as I as I was going through these, these aren't just for the victims.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: These are for the abusers. Right. right. More so for the abusers than than the victims. Mm-hmm. Step one, take responsibility and allow yourself to process the emotions of what happened.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. So for us,
1: we do that every day. Right. Why? Because what happened in the past has created the system of what we still deal with today. Right. Who, haven't, who hasn't done that is the, the abusers. They have not taken responsibility and they do not allow themselves to process the emotions because they don't want people to know. They don't want their kids to know what happened and they want us to get over it. So they're not doing any of that. Number two, understand the reasons your attachment to the past. See, our reasons of attachment to the past is because we know it ain't true. Mm -hmm. So we want the truth. Your attachment to the past is we created the narrative. It is what it is. Let's Mm -hmm. move on. So it's easy for you because you don't want the truth to come out because it's going to change the establishment, which you don't want. Conservative. Remember the definition of conservative, right? Mm -hmm. Don't want to venture too far from where we are. Mm -hmm. That's, That's the definition. We want to be conservative. Stay within where we are. So number two, you don't want to do that. You, 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 you understand the reason. You want to keep it there. Number three, identify what you learned from the experience. We know what we learned from the experience. We weren't included in the Constitution. Right. Right. The law isn't on our side. The establishment is not for us. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about it? It benefits you. You want to keep that. The one thing that you guys are so concerned with is as we're asking for equality... You're thinking you have to give up something, yeah that's not what we're asking for yeah. we're just asking for equality and equity mm-hmm. diversity inclusion that's what we're asking for mm-hmm. you don't you're not losing anything we're just asking for what's rightly ours by the amendments that you made to the fucking constitution that didn't include us in the beginning right that's what we're asking for number four, identify any positive aspects of the experience. <laughs> I can tell you the positive aspects that we're learning today is that we are not who you said we were. Right. We're not the, 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 the disingenuous people that you said we were. We're not servants, servitudes. Mm-hmm. We're not slaves. We're not who you said we are. Mm-hmm. We're worth more than that. We brought value to this country. We still bring value to this country. So that's what we've learned. What have you learned? What positive aspects of the experience have you learned? From the abuser standpoint, right? just think about that. Let it go and be a victim. That's what you want us to do. So I say, let it go being an abuser. right? Mm-hmm. To do that, you have to tell the truth. Right. When you go to court and you plead guilty, what do they want you to do? Allocate. Right. Tell us what happened. <laughs> Talk to me, white America. Tell us what happened next. <laughs> Apologies weren't always necessary, but forgiveness is. We forgive you. You keep your fucking apology. Right. We just want the truth. Right. If you lose a loved one today to a crime, what do you want? People say they want justice. No, you don't. The first thing you want is the truth. What the fuck happened? Mm -hmm. That's what I want to know. What happened? Justice comes after you tell me what happened. Mm -hmm. Right. But even if you find the person that did it and the person doesn't tell you why they did it, Are you really getting justice? No, No, because you don't know what happened. You want to know what happened. Keep your apologies. Tell us what happened. Tell us the true story. Tell the true story. Not for us. We know the true story. We want white America to know the true story because these are the people that are part of the system. So we want to know. Seven, learn to live in the present moment. We're doing that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: We're doing that every day. But in order to really live in the moment, to make a better way for us and our kids and our grandkids, we've got to get back to the root cause. Mm -hmm. And the root cause is a system. And you change the system by changing the narrative and telling the truth. And that's what we're doing. So as as, as we go through these, and I'm I'm just going to say one more. Continuing to strengthen through exercise. That's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We're continuing to strengthen through exercise what we're doing right now. We're exercising. Mm -hmm. We're exercising the fact that we know the truth. We're going to talk about the truth and we want other people to talk about the truth. Mm -hmm. But it's not important to us that white America talks about the truth. That's not really important. Mm -hmm. We don't want you guys to think that you hold the key. What we want you to do is understand we're not going to stop. So eventually you're going to have to Mm -hmm. because we're going to change laws. Mm -hmm. We're going to change laws. This, this this critical race theory gained traction, as Bake said, because of the political pressure. Mm. We've talked about before, if you really want to make real change, you got to make it at the polls. You got to make it legally. We can talk all day long, but if we ain't changing shit in the system, we ain't changing shit at all. We've got to, the, it being a political uh, a concept is important. It could be bad, but it could be good if we have enough people really considering what's going on and going to the polls and voting. This is how you exercise these things. This is the only way it's going to change. So for for white America that does, that does not believe that this exists, Big said that civil rights movement was for everybody. And it was, except for people who had disabilities. If you think about it, the Disabilities Act was passed almost 50 years after the Civil Rights Act was passed. God damn it. Mm-hmm. God damn it. So for even white America who had disabilities, there were struggles. Think about it from this perspective. World War I, you send the strongest of men to war. Strongest of men. They're fit, they're able, they're young, they go to war, they come back disfigured, mm-hmm. come back with no limbs. The building that they built for the veterans didn't even have a ramp for a wheelchair. They can't even fucking get into the building when they come back. Mm-hmm. Why? That wasn't taken in consideration. wasn't taken in consideration at the time. after the war still wasn't taken in consideration. You realize they still couldn't get in that building for 20 years after the war. Twenty years they couldn't even get in a fucking building mm-hmm. because they, they didn't take them in consideration. You know what they did? They did the same thing they did in Lynchburg, put them in an institution. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. Why? Because now they're no longer what they were when you sent them off. So when we talk about equality and equity, we're not just talking about black people. We're talking about anybody does not meet the requirements
0: of the establishment. Right. The establishment is wrong. Mm-hmm. Tell the truth. Right. That's all we want. Absolutely. And people who say that, you know, white students gonna feel offended. As a male, when they start talking about women empowerment and the women's movement in school, I didn't feel like a piece of shit as a man. I understood that today, what needed to be done to prevent it from happening again, so when we talk about black history and the critical race theory um and the oppression of black people, it's not to it's not to make your white students feel like pieces of shit mm-hmm. it's to make them understand to prevent this from happening again then we have to understand that that's not the way we want to do. But the problem with America is they want to put duct tape on everything. That's right. You want to put duct tape on it and you want to keep it pushing without ever talking about this. Anybody that knows that is one of the worst things that you can do. When you go to counseling or anything, they don't never say bury your problems and run away from it. You have to address it head on. America has refused to address its history head on because they want to continue to tell this fucking narrative that science fiction.
2: That's right
0: it's not it's not a glory story, it's an American horror story okay. exactly what it is, but they wanna to continue to push it off because they wanna they wanna prevent us from talking about the truth about America and what its beliefs and its foundations is based upon. That's but we're gonna take a quick commercial break. we'll be right back and we are back um real quick I wanna read a few um comments against the critical race theory um one one person said the education establishment wants teachers to weave CRT into every subject, but good teachers reject CRT because it teaches children to judge their peers based on the color of their skin instead of the content of their character.
2: Oh, that's what it does.
0: Now, when you think about that statement, <laughs> that it teaches kids to judge their peers based on the color of their skin instead of the content of their character, and that is the way that this country was built on, right? That, it happened. It happened. You don't want to talk about it, but it happened. That's exactly what happened. And half-truths, it's not education. That's right. You have to begin to talk about it. And when you talk about it, you let the students know, this is not what we stand for. That's right. When they talk about, when they, in that case, then don't, you can't talk about the Holocaust because there are people whose ancestors come from Germany. You don't want to make them feel bad. Do not talk about the uh Christopher Columbus them coming in. You got Native Americans coming out uh, here. You do not want to make them feel bad. The, 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 what is the trailer of 10? Yeah, you, you don't can't want talk to talk about that? You can't then you can't talk about history at all mm-hmm. because there's some you can't talk about uh World War 1, World War 2. You don't want to make Japanese Americans feel bad. You don't want to talk about it. you can't talk about any of these things because there's always somebody who come from that environment or from that lineage that you're going to try to protect but it's only when it's protecting white people are y'all so adamant about not talking about Absolutely. it Absolutely, another another. to somebody said my students and I have always celebrated that we were living Martin Luther King's junior's dream because we had students from all over the world in our class we all respected one another again this let's goes back the, to let's talk
1: some of the black kids let's see what they say uh,
0: Let's have some of the black kids in that class. Was that Dr. King's dream? <laughs> Just to have black and white students in the no. class together? No, because if, if that's what you think, then we might want to we not, might want to change that's the curriculum. That's not true inclusion. That's not. We, we don't want to. We might have to change how we talk about Dr. King. That's right. You that's know, not true having black kids and white kids sitting in the classroom together isn't a completion of the dream. No, them learning about their history <laughs> equally. <laughs> In America's side of do you respect that black kid enough to teach him about what his ancestors endured? Do you teach, do you care about that black kid enough to teach him about the things that happened to his ancestors? Do you care enough about that white student to tell him that racism is not okay to teach him about the things that happen in this country? If you truly care about these kids and do not want to see them grow up and, and, and do these racist things to hate each other then you have to teach them the truth. That's right. If you cared enough, Karen is not ignoring the problem.
1: Absolutely.
0: In that case, then don't talk about the revolutionary war. Don't talk about civil war. Don't talk about the war of 1812. I'll talk about none of, none that, of that shit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We were, we were a true melting pot unions and their allies seek to divide us with the CRT. Then if we are a true, a true melting pot, How much information does the non-white part of the pot learn about themselves? Because it seems like it's 90% water and a little bit of sugar in there from, from black America. If parents will stand with good teachers to help them reject the unions, we can restore our school, the unions are the culprits. Behind undermining parents Indoctrinating children Pushing an anti-American agenda Destroying our once outstanding Educational system and more We always hear words like restore Return Make America great again The old days You always hear those terms But who is that implying to When you think about People say anti-American What is American? What is the American way? The American agenda if you're going based off of history, the it's racist. <laughs> when you think about our outstanding educational system, how was it developed and who was it developed for? You can't talk about none of these things without talking about racism within this country. <laughs> I, uh, just real quick, something you just said that
1: reminded me of something we said on a, a podcast last year that I want to remind people. Let's talk about health real quick, just for a quick second. You know, all the numbers that they they use to determine whether you're healthy, blood pressure, uh, your numbers for your weight, your body mass index, uh, all those numbers that they use to deem whether you're healthy or not is based on the average white male. Are you gonna (laughs) tell me? Come on, come on, America, come on. Are you gonna tell me that we're included in the development of this country? No. Are you going to tell me that? So, again, now, I, you can't make this up. I'm not making Google it. Mm-hmm. You can Google this shit, okay? But do they teach you that in school? Nope. Oh, yeah. Why? So, when we talk about inclusion, I'm going to tell you guys a story. Um, in Norfolk State, had a, um, a professor who had a chair that was, nobody would ever sit in. So, let's just say he had 30, 30 desks. He would always make sure he kept one empty. And one day, my cousin Antoine went and sat in that desk. And she said, no, not that desk. Sit in another desk. Mm. So later on, I asked him, I said, why can't sit at that desk? He said, well, when I was a kid, he said, my best friend was a black guy. This professor happened to be white. Mm-hmm. And he said, I had a a, a a black friend. And I invited him to my birthday party. <clears throat> and uh, when he came, um." My mom said told him we don't have a we don't have a chair for you. He said back in those days when you went to a birthday party, a kid's birthday party, everybody had to sit down and all that stuff. And he said, My mom told him I then have a you have a seat. And he said, I said, Well mom, he can have my seat. She says, No, you can't give up your seat. You're the birthday boy. Mm-hmm. So he said, I had a brother that was a little bit old, so Mom, I'll give up my seat. Reggie can have my seat. Mm-hmm. And the mom says, No, sorry, uh, Reggie, I don't have a I don't have a seat for you. Sorry. And he said he was so blown away because that was his first real view of racism. And it happened to be his mom. Mm -hmm. And he said that, you know, Reg told him, he said, man, don't worry about it. We're still friends. He said, this is something that I'm going to have to deal with the rest of my life. He said, but here's the thing. So are you. Mm -hmm. And he said, when he became a professor, he started leaving one seat open to always remind them there's always another seat Mm -hmm. for for another student. Yes, and in this case, for a black student. So for mm-hmm. black kids, we want to feel included. So when you have a teacher, and we use Texas as, as an example, there's actually teachers in Texas who want to teach critical race theory. There's some who actually got caught, and I'm using that word caught, because when they found out they were terminated
0: mm-hmm.
1: teaching critical race theory, because they believe in the fact that this has to be done.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But Texas is so against it that they're firing teachers for teaching it. This is an establishment that does not want the truth to come out because they don't want us to be included. Mm -hmm. Exclusion is the whole purpose. See, if you exclude, it's not racism. Mm -hmm. It's just exclusion. Mm -hmm. See, like you said before, if this race is not part of it, it's just bias and discrimination, I'm in the clear. Mm -hmm. I'm good. That's not the true statement though. The true statement is the exclusion is based on race. You don't want us to be equal. You don't want us to know that we are equal and you don't want your kids to think that. You want your kids to grow up thinking that they're better. Mm -hmm. You want that. That's what you want. That's the edge that you give to them. That's why white America gets mad when you have things like um, affirmative action. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: That's why they hate that so much because now you don't have the edge. So when we talk about critical race theory, we're talking about making every black feel included. We're talking about true diversity and we're talking about equity. That's not gonna change. Yeah. That's what we want.
2: I wanna wanna read a tweet from uh Christopher F. Rufo. And it's it's kind of what Bakes said a few podcasts ago, what what they're gonna start doing with racism is watering it down. Yeah. Um And he says, we have successfully frozen their brand, critical race theory, into the public conversation and are steadily driving up negative perceptions. We will eventually turn it toxic and we will put all of the various cultural insanities under that brand category. So, I mean, with that, you know, that tactic is what Fox do all the time is. When they don't agree with something, they reframe it, and the whites rally against it.
1: Same thing they did with Black Lives Matter.
2: Yeah. Oh, it, it's it's
0: it's complete narcissism. Yeah. That that's what white supremacy is. <laughs> it's a complete narcissism that they're never in the wrong, and they they can always spin something to make somebody else feel like like they're like they're against them.
1: It's good to be the king.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's good to be the king. Right? <laughs> but and one of the one of the things that they like to to say is. Behind, again, I brought up the civil rights movement for a reason at the beginning, is because a lot of them are talking about the reason why they shouldn't have to teach this because they're protected by it by the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to not discriminate against those white kids sitting in their classroom. But if you're hiding behind the Civil Rights Act of 1964, shouldn't you at least talk about what led up to the Civil Rights Act of 1964? How can you, how can you say that you're protected by it without ever talking about it? And my last thing to say is, you know, great African-Americans are robbed being talked about because they feel that they feel white America will feel guilty about being white supremacists. And the origin story is not true. It is science fiction.
2: Exactly.
0: Thank y'all for tuning in. We love y'all. Peace.